you're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. Hey guys, I'm Jen, and here with Alessandra as usual, and welcome to episode 19 of the yeah, podcast. We're here, as always. Super excited. How, how are you today, Jen? I'm feeling good, feeling pumped. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good, um, but I was just telling Jen before we started recording that I'm trying to quit coffee. So um, day two ah. of like drinking coffee every single day, sometimes more than once a day. Um, so I'm trying to quit. So that sounds so dramatic. No, I'm um, impressed. But anyway, stop talking about myself. Um, we've also got a very special guest on who if, is here, if you'd like to introduce yourself and yeah. Take it away. Hi, it's Emma Anglesey here. <laughs> and oh my gosh, putting coffee, that'd be so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, see, I used to never drink coffee and then I started drinking it, but it used to like really accelerate my heart rate. Um, and like, ah. I couldn't drink it. And then slowly, I think my body mm. just became used to it and I like drink it all the time. And I've just been sleeping badly. So I think that maybe quitting coffee for like a couple, couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe more. I don't know. <laughs> maybe forever. Um, we'll see where maybe we go. it will um, in, like help my sleep and like. Well, all power to you, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, I'm guessing that you might be an avid coffee drinker. Oh, I am. I am. <laughs> it's my one addiction. I don't really uh, take any other substance. Um, because alcohol doesn't suit me and neither do any other drugs because I'm allergic to them all. So <laughs> coffee is my one one uh, little drug of choice. Uh, but I have tried to quit a couple of times um, and never done it successfully. So I'm just like cheering you from here in Tasmania. <laughs> cheering you on. I guess like it's not, even though it's so cold at the moment, like I still really, I'm a big tea drinker anyway. So I guess like I don't drink, I haven't been drinking coffee, but I've been compensating with tea. So I think that we're kind of all right. Let me just, I'm just going to do like a search for like caffeine free coffee like substances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like on some uh, food uh. shop. <laughs> but yeah, enough about me, I guess. So um, Emma, did you want to tell us a little bit about your music and kind of the music that you make? Because um, I guess that's what we're here to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Um, I live in Launceston in Tasmania, and, yeah, I'm a singer-songwriter and I write a lot of folk music, Um, but recently um, I've been working with a producer by the name of Josh Barber, and he lives in Melbourne. Mm. And, um, yeah, we've uh, made a record together, which I released last week. And um, it definitely brings in a lot of different sounds and mixes them um, in with the folk, the folk genre. Um, So yeah, that's that's my music. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've been getting quite a good response to it. Awesome. So what made you um, decide to make folk music? Like, was it a conscious decision or was that just kind of the music that you naturally made when you started writing music? Or yeah, how did that progression kind of come about? Yeah, look, I just think when I was growing up, um, it was definitely played a lot in our house. Um, so it was just a style that I was, you know, very exposed to. Um, but also my big sister um, learnt how to play the guitar when we were growing up too. And, um, and yeah, she just um, brought it home one day from school and... Um, showed me how to play it and she taught me how to play The House of the Rising Sun which is the first song I ever learned how to play on the guitar and then immediately after I used the chords to write my own song um, and I just kind of came out of me and I've just you know did that ever since so awesome. yeah um, I'm not really quite sure why but it's just something that happened yeah were yeah. there any artists like when you first started playing guitar that really inspired you to sort of write that kind of music or like did you grow up in a household surrounded by music like what were the first who were the first kind of this kind of a big question but just like yeah like were there any artists that um when you first started playing music that you really loved or inspired you to kind of do what you do and like make music a career well yeah it's interesting because my dad worked in radio so he was a um radio presenter and he was actually like the um the most popular um, and he had the biggest audience between 65 and 75 so he was a radio presenter in Melbourne 
and he always had different stars of music um, on in the house. Um, but definitely like artists like Joni Mitchell and I guess artists like that were ones that I was really drawn to. Um, but it was interesting, like my very first tape that I had of my own that I listened to a lot was like, had Deep Forest, which was, I kind of stole it from my mum. Um, had Deep Forest on one side and then the Red Hot Chili Peppers on the other side. Oh, nice. um, and so I remember being, I don't know, six or seven years old and just like listening to that over and over again. Um, and yeah, so I think that like I've definitely listened to a lot of styles of music. Um, and when you have a listen to um, the music that I put together, I think it's, you know, that kind of comes through. It shows lots of different styles um, that are. Yeah, that are represented. Yeah, 100%. And I know that you're also a big fan of Radiohead, which is cool. Um, so yeah, so yeah me, definitely. Yeah. So take me through, like, the first time that like, you heard, like, a song or a record of theirs and kind of how it made you feel and how it kick-started your love for the band. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I think the first um, record I had of theirs um, was... Uh, sorry, I'm just... It's just, just completely blank. Um, <laughs> oh, but it had, it had the song... Um, Two, two and two equals five. Um, that was probably like the first record that I kind of started listening to. But most recently, I've been um, really obsessed with amne- Amnesiac mm. and, um, you know, A Moon Shaped Pool as well, which is the most recent record. I think I've listened to that one, um, I don't know, at least 50 times, if not more. Um, but yeah, like they're absolutely an amazing band and I love how they go from, you know, really rocky and, and dark electronic sounds all the way through to a moon-shaped pool where they've really just kind of focused on a lot of like string and piano and, and more acoustic sounds. Mm. Um, but they still have like a similar sound to the band, you know, or, or that they were um, 10 years prior to that record. Mm. Yeah, so they're definitely a, um, a big influence. Yeah, awesome. You know what? It's funny that you say, like, Radiohead because I kind of... My mum really loves Radiohead, but I never... Like, I've sort of said before that I kind of regret saying it, but, like, a couple of years ago, I used to say that I didn't like Radiohead, <laughs> which, honestly, I think that, like, I... It was just because your mum was a big fan. No, because, like, my mum... Belly- always recommends like your music to me <laughs> and I'll like my mum listens to Triple J and will like text me um if she heard a good song on there and then she'll like ask me to go on the Triple J plays like Twitter page it's pretty cool like, the relationship you guys out, have <laughs> find out the artist but um yeah like I I guess like up until recently really like I never properly listened to Radiohead and I used to say this like stupid statement um and yeah, right. I'm oh, like, oh no, they're not very good. Yeah, <laughs> the beef. that was the record I was trying to think of before. Sorry, um, sorry, I was just like, oh my god, I'm just proving how much of a terrible fan I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hail to the Thief was was the record that kind of the first one that I listened to of theirs. I don't know if you've heard that one. No, see, I'm still trying to sort of like I know all of their biggest uh, like their most like popular tracks, you know, that everybody knows like creep and karma police and high and dry but recently i think it's the album in rainbows i started listening uh, to yeah oh my gosh i've been listening to that too yeah and there's a song on there called i think it's house of cards i believe is it house of cards uh, yeah and i, I really Favorite. liked that song it came up in like my spotify um not like discover weekly but you know when you like finish a playlist and then it kind of automates a playlist based uh-huh. on like a radio or whatever it's called um it was yeah it was on there and I really liked it and I thought you know what I should probably listen to Radiohead because so many musicians love Radiohead and always speak so highly of them mm. that like I really uh-huh. should give them a chance <laughs> so I did and yeah I completely take back my statement so like if anyone who ever heard me say I don't like Radiohead that was a lie <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny because I my sister gave me that record for Christmas and I um, the playlist that I put together for today has a track from that record on it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to put a Radiohead song in that playlist, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> keen to delve into that one a little bit later. Yeah, awesome. I'm so excited to have, you know, put together a playlist for you both today. Yeah, yeah and that's awesome because, I, mean, I mean, most artists aren't that excited. I mean, like, 
it's cool because like some of them you know have to kind of think on the, on the spot and be like you know what there's like so much music playing on the tour bus or whatever and they come up with something but it's really awesome to see that you've gone through you know a bit of effort to put one together and that you've enjoyed it yeah yeah it's always mm-hmm. yeah cool Absolutely. Well, I guess before we kind of jump into that segment where we talk about all of our tracks um let's talk about your album which was just released only oh, a couple yes. of days Back ago to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which so it's is... called "Some Things Can't Be Undone." Yeah. I actually had a listen to the full thing on the way yeah. into the studio, and Same. I love it. Me it's too. great. Yeah. Whoa! Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I remember, like you just mentioned a little bit earlier, about how Radiohead can switch from you know having like really dark undertones to being electronic and quite poppy at times, and then you know playing around with strings and piano and and being more acoustic and what I really love about this album is that you kind of you play with quite a few sounds on your Mm. album and that that there is this dark undertone like which I really love on the record so yeah I really enjoy it Mm. oh thank you yeah um it was a lot of fun to make and yeah Josh the producer and I worked very um collaboratively and closely on it and um I basically wrote about 30 songs and I sent them through to him as I was writing and he picked ones that he felt fit really well together and some of them he would say oh that's an amazing song but it's like a country song that should probably go on a country record um so yeah he kind of curated it and then um we had a session in Melbourne where um I kind of picked I kind of thought about like landscape, like kind of sound landscapes for each song, and and how they how they should sound. And um, we had this great session together where we, you know, figured that out together um, of what the landscapes should be. And once we done that, um, it was really easy to you know pick what other instruments we wanted and the, make the arrangement. Um, yeah, and then once we'd made all of those decisions we actually um re-recorded everything with using real instruments there's only one sample on the record so um and and some of those decisions kind of changed as we were going so um i think that because we recorded it all together um it has like a unified sound yeah definitely and did you find you know working with josh because i know that you worked with him in the past on songs i mean have you always found that dynamic between you both smooth or has it taken a little bit of time to really find your footing and be comfortable working together um it's really interesting because it's we haven't really hung out very much um and except for just you know making music in the studio and emailing back and forth um and i think that it's always been pretty easy because we've got we've both got a really similar taste in music so Josh has never ever come up with anything that I've just gone I don't like that because I just love everything that he is into and I think that he was able to yeah I think that he was able to kind of see and hear what you know the sounds that I loved as well um we've been chatting recently about um yeah working on some more stuff so I'm really excited about about doing that Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, awesome. And you've also been selected as a big sound artist for 2018, 2019? Yeah, this year. year. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also really, really cool because it's such a big, I guess, migration of all these artists that all come together at one point in time. And um, a lot of like up and coming and new coming artists. Have you looked at the lineup um, for any other artists that are attending or are you kind of just focusing on... Yeah. Yeah, there's some um, artists that I'm super excited about seeing. Um, Eilish Gilligan. Oh, um, Eilish. I'm yeah. really excited about seeing her. Yeah. Um, and then also Summer. I don't know if you've heard of Summer, but there are um, some, you know, um, electronic artists from Tazzy here. What about you? Have you ever been to Big Sound? I've never been. No, I've never been. I'm I'm super curious to see what it's like uh, when we go. But have either of you ever been? You know, I haven't. And, and, like, it's interesting because, like, I've written, like, articles on Big Sound in terms of, like, profiling artists and stuff like that, but I've actually never been. And it's something that I really want to go to because it's not just, you know, a showcase of loads of artists, but also it's, like, a conference and it's it's a place for, for artists and industry people to get together and share ideas on yeah. music, which is super exciting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, um, just... And they have um, so... Olympia is going to be playing as well um, this year as well as Ella Hooper. Nice. Um, who are two awesome artists that I love. 
Yeah. So I think it's just going to be like this big overwhelming experience <laughs> um, of just having your mind blown constantly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it goes like over like what, like three or four days. Mm. It'll be yeah. an overload yeah. of, of, of awesome talent and, yeah. and your ideas. Well, I guess let's go into our first segment. We've been talking about artists that we like and um, all of our recommendations. So let's go into our first segment, of which is what's on our playlist. Um, so if you like, this is the first episode you've listened to. Basically, what we do, we kind of go around in a circle and um, or a figurative, imaginary kind of like triangle, really. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we each like uh, we each talk about two tracks that we've really been liking this week and why we like them. So, did you want to go first, Emma? I feel like you've you're, you've come quite repaired, yeah. which is quite it's quite cool. Oh, sure, I really yeah. like that. So yeah, I did my homework for sure. <laughs> well, I have picked a Christine and the Queens track. Nice. Um, to share. Do you know Christine and the Queens? No, no, I haven't heard of her. Um, oh, she is an amazing um artist from France. And um, just kind of blends artistic style pop um, with electronic sounds. Um, and yeah, I picked a song called um, Paradis Perdu, which is basically the French word for lost paradise. Could you be sure really love all the sounds and the textures in it and it's got this beautiful beat as well um and it has a film clip that I really love and that I you know have been obsessing over lately um and it's really amazing the film clip is um has you know the the artist um sitting in a chair and the camera kind of pans around her and keeps panning around in her spring pink suit and the pink suit just like grows and grows and grows and you'll um, you know, she's just this like tiny little person underneath the suit. Um, yeah, so I just really love the film clip as well, and I love like the whole Sonic world that the song's in. So yeah, that's my that's the first one that I've awesome. uh, picked for today. Nice. And it's really cool because I really loved the song just without knowing what it means, and I wanted to you know just in case you asked the question of like what you know what does this song mean today, <laughs> I, I just had a look before. Um, and yeah, like I just, I don't know, the, the chorus is in English and the rest of it's in French. Um, but it's actually the journey of like a, a big star musician character, um, who kind of is really famous and then gets washed up. And it's just kind of this, this description of this character. Um, and the, the chorus is like, how could you be so heartless? Um, and it's just this kind of process that you see throughout society where you have these big stars and then when they're not stars anymore people can be really cruel to them yeah. um, and there's this just kind of this process that they go through and it's just kind of the song goes inside that process which is really cool yeah awesome. yeah that's sweet and it's awesome that you mentioned the music clip and that image of of her wearing the pink suit and it kind of growing but she's getting smaller like underneath it yeah because for me like yeah. I immediately just think of like the fact that even if, if someone feels like stalled creatively or they're going through stuff in their life, that conflated image that they have mm. still remains yeah. like for their fans. Yeah. And so, yeah, so as soon as something crap happens, like then yeah. like they just get it's, bullied for it. That description of like the really big suit reminds me a lot of like talking heads. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen like, you know, the, the live documentary, Stop Making Sense. Yeah, he's just like David Burns, just like wearing this sh- this suit, and like as the show progresses, the suit just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of it's kind of becomes a caricature. Yeah. Like, cool. It's just yeah, it's just really interesting because like there's this whole thing with like with music. It's you know for me it's just really strange that like, there's two different things. There's just mm-hmm. being an artist and making music that you love and that you think is amazing. And then there's this whole other world of popularity and, yeah. um, you know, having a profile around that music. And mm-hmm. it can just seem, it just seems to be really fickle 
in a lot of ways and yeah. you know where you have fans that really love an artist and then they might do something wrong and then they like hate on the artist mm. yeah it's just yeah it just seems like a really it's just such a bizarre thing mm. and I guess yeah. also too like talking about like when you're an artist and you kind of like your image you become like the brand basically like your your name is is the brand it's not really like you anymore um it's also I guess like this idea that you know once you've got this huge following like say someone for like Katy Perry for example like when she first started she was just writing like songs on her guitar and like they put her on warp tour (laughs) across the US and like you know now she's got like 100 million followers on Twitter or something something ridiculous and um you know I guess as a music fan too I guess you wonder like is the type of music that she's writing is it very much influenced like by her label and like what will sell as Mm. opposed to music that she really wants to write and like I'm not bashing Katy Perry because I actually really like Katy Perry but like I I yeah I guess it's we kind of also saw that too like in the pop world like when she released um her latest album witness like a lot of people didn't like it and like just bashed her for it Mm. um but yeah I guess pop music in particular is very um subject to scrutiny yeah and very fickle like you said so yeah it's so strange I just think wow you know there's always something that you can appreciate Mm. Yeah, definitely. But that's why I feel like, yeah, within the world of, of modern pop music, there's so much room for development and growth mm. and to showcase artists that are truly talented and, yeah. and create intelligent music. So I think we're living in quite an exciting mm. time right now. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, I'm, I don't know, a lot of artists that I've been seeing to lately have been completely opening up my mind in terms of, like, what a song is. Mm. Um, and I think that that's really... Um, but it's an exciting time because that's changing um, mm. in terms of, you know, the way that the way that a pop song, like the dynamics of it, of it goes. And we played around a little bit with that in the record um, with the song I Am A Ghost. Um, it starts with this, like, really heavy um, synth sound and this, like, really, like, massive bass sound. And then in the first verse, and then after the second chorus, like, everything drops out. Um, um, except for a guitar and so it's like you know traditionally in a song you'd have the first verse being a bit stripped back and the second verse you know having more instruments in the arrangement but we just kind of do it the opposite way and it seems to work like that Mm, yeah Um, so I I feel like at the moment I don't know songwriting structures a lot more open yeah Yeah. super exciting cool (laughs) well I guess like talking about you know smaller artists I guess like um I've been listening to I guess I'll talk about my track um both of the songs I'm going to talk about are like from smaller upcoming artists um but the first one I talk about is actually um from an artist that we actually had on the podcast um way back um and her name is Hayley Blay oh great and yeah 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 she's a Canadian um, musician like singer songwriter but she's also a YouTuber which is how I found her um, which is really funny because she has this like viral video of like drunken it's like called like drunk bangs where she like cuts her fringe <laughs> um and like all the comments on that video are like i didn't know you made music like i really like your music i didn't know like you were the same person who made these like silly youtube videos <laughs> um anyway she released an ep like about a year ago i think called zero charisma and there's a song on there called severance pay <laughs> just very kind of chilled it's a very kind of like nostalgic sounding song for me and um it's mainly just like her and her ukulele and there is like a kind of guitar and a little bit of like a bass in the in the background but Mm. it's not really like the forefront of the track and um the music video is just like filmed in like suburban canada which i assume is it's in canada um and it just looks like very like old school and just is like a soft little song and I don't know I, I really like it I've been listening to it a lot in my car so 
kind of maybe like a track for when you're like driving and like the sun's going down and it's yeah. kind of quiet. Yeah, it's definitely that type of song. It's a nice like, yeah. Yeah. The ukulele is such an underrated instrument. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. I I really want to learn how to play it. Like, yeah, it's oh, like you should. Yeah, yeah it, it's funny because like I feel like because I used to play guitar and like Alessandra does as well, but yeah. like when I tried to like l- like play just on the ukulele just to see if I could do it, like I found it really difficult. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure if there's there's a thing where it's like people assume that people that can play guitar. You can automatically play the ukulele. Like, I don't know if that, that's, like, an associated skill, but it'd be cool to learn. Yeah. I feel like if you maybe if you have the, like, guitar skills, it would be easier to play ukulele. Mm. Just for, like, being able to just, like, strum, like, you know, strum in rhythm and, like, things like that. Yeah. That you sort of pick up when you play guitar. But, yeah. Do you play ukulele, Emma? Uh, I do a little bit, um, but... Yeah, my I'm actually I have another band um, and called Runaway Dolls and um, Tash Parker who also plays in that band she plays the ukulele. Um, so generally, when we get together and play music, I'm on the guitar and she's on the ukulele. Nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely find it um, like relatively easy to play. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the skills like don't transfer directly over because it's slightly different. The chords are slightly mm. different. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go travelling um, a little bit later this year, um, and I definitely plan on taking a ukulele as like the main instrument mm. for the trip, and yeah. I'm going to be becoming very familiar with it then. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, because I feel like the ukulele is is definitely an instrument you want to take, you know, like on a trip. Mm. Like it just suits like you know going out in the wilderness mm. and exploring new places and. Yeah, it yeah. just has that sound. It's very portable, too. Yeah, it's exactly. good for travelling. <laughs> cool. Definitely. So I'm going to talk about my first track, <laughs> and I'm going to go back to how you were talking about how there's this big bass sound um, on that track on your album, because um, this uh, song has got big distorted bass, big drums. Um, have you heard of a band called The Pale White? They're from the UK. No. Yeah, no, but they're, they're a really cool. So they're a trio and they're from Newcastle in the UK and they've released a few singles this year and one that came out in February is one called Loveless. And it's, it's very, like, for me, like, when I first heard it, the production very much reminded me of, like, the White Stripes, mm. like, with those big, like, distorted, like, bass and guitar lines and, and big drums. And it's just one of those songs that you feel like is just going to be, like, a huge one live and one that you're going to want to, like, headbang and sing along to. It's, it's a great track. Yeah. Oh, headbanging. <laughs> Where do you sit in the side of headbanging? Are you one that likes to go for it or one that, that tends to avoid it? Um... I'm kind of like that person that you don't want to start headbanging because <laughs> like, I'll just kind of be on the sidelines as long as possible and then I'll just take my hair out and be really, really annoying. <laughs> um, and just like jumping around, headbanging, getting my face in everyone else's faces. And yeah, I just feel like, I, you know, for me it's all or nothing. And yeah, um, when I start, I get so into it that I kind of like lose control a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's so gonna make sure that when you're head banging, you're you're alone in a room or there's plenty of space. Yeah, then it's all good. Yeah, yeah. cool. Or <laughs> you just like don't want to be around me at all, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Cool. So, do you have another track for us, Emma? Come back around. Yeah, figurative. Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is probably not one that you'd want to headbang to, but you could. Um, it's by Parker. Um, and it's called I Take This Time. And it is a cover. So it's an Arthur Russell cover. Um, and I really love it because Arthur Russell was an incredible cellist and he was one of the first people that kind of experimented with looping and live looping. Right. And um, he's inspired a lot of artists like Sister Stevens and, you know, a lot of artists that are very big today. And yeah, what I really, really love about this song um, is that it's, it's taken a, a really abstract song. So this Arthur Russell 
song um, and made it into this amazing, like, pop song. Um, and it's, you know, got a lot of electronic sounds um, as well as some uh, live cello. Um, yeah, so I just really love it. And um, I love, like, the whole concept behind the song. So it's called I Take This Time. And it's, for me, like, it's about how sometimes yeah, like all you can do in order to get through an experience is just to take the time you need to get through it. Like there's mm. nothing else you can do like to, to change things or to change the way you feel about something um, except for giving it time. So, yeah, I really like that aspect oh, of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also really uh, think it's amazing because it's written by one of my um, best friends. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, sweet. Yeah, I love it because of that as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's it sounds intriguing, and I especially love the combination of like electronica and orchestral. Like I feel like they're just two sounds mm. that, when blended together and in the right way, just sound majestic mm. and gorgeous. So definitely going to check that one out. Cool. Yeah, you should, you definitely should. I recommend it. Sweet. Well, Alice, do you yeah have a so second track? My next track um, is actually from an artist who's also appearing at Big Sound, which is pretty cool. Um, her name is Coda Banks. Oh yeah, um, I don't know if you've heard yeah, of her. Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, but she's a Sydney-based like pop artist, I would say, and um, she just released an EP called Prize, I believe. I think this week, or maybe it was last week. I could be wrong. Um, but there's a track on there called Florentina, which was released like prior to the EP. She's Italian herself, so she, I think she, like, spent some time during her, like, teenage years in Italy growing up, and the song is kind of just, like, an ode to her, um, her heritage, I guess I would say, and she also released, like, an Italian version as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, alongside the English one, and, um, it's just, like, a nice, chilled pop song, I'd say. There's, like, a little bit, maybe, of, like, R&B in there, like, a tiny bit, Mm. but I would, yeah, I would classify it as a pop song, and it's just... A nice, like, chilled song, I guess, with like a little rap verse at the end. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. Yeah, I've been trying to listen to more like pop, electronic kind of pop music recently, um, just because I sort of grew up like I listened to rock music my entire life, um, and I found out that like I actually quite like pop music, and <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm also trying to like learn how to produce electronic music, so I feel like it's a natural progression to sort of listen to electronic kind of pop and draw inspiration from those tracks. Yeah, it sounds cool. <laughs> Definitely check it out. Yeah. yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, do you have a song for us? What's your next track, Jen? I do, and I am sticking in the pop vein, although more towards like the ballad and like dark mm-hmm. pop side. Um, so this is from a Melbourne artist called Sania. Um, so she's released a couple of songs recently as well, and one of them is Go and Get Over. <laughs> like a haunting track because it's quite stripped back like you literally just have like piano and like her voice for most of the song but what what's really cool about it is that her high notes just come out of nowhere and like her range is insane but it kind of just it hits you in the face like um and you don't expect it um and then just combined with just the dark melodies of the track like it's it's such a beautiful mix yeah, so that's my second track. Very nice. It like... Oh, I'm so excited to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that like concludes this little segment of our show, but we do have a Spotify playlist called GA Weekly, which we add all of the tracks that we've spoken about into every single episode. Sorry, every single song, every song we've spoken about in every episode, we add to the playlist. <laughs> Can't speak properly. And um, yeah, so you, it's there's like, I think there's like more than 100 songs on that playlist. So yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess to dive into. you've also got some of your recommendations too, Emma, which we'll add, which is very cool. We're excited. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff to peruse in there. Yeah, All yeah. There's different styles. There's a lot. <laughs> so I guess we'll go into our next segment, which is our in-depth track review. So in this segment, we usually get our guests to pick a track of theirs and break it down and talk about like the meaning behind it. 
um, if there's like a cool story behind the track and um, yeah so it's completely up to you Emma you can get to pick whatever song you you like like any song that you've released and um, yeah free reign to just talk about the story behind it the meaning okay awesome uh, well I think that I'll have to pick Swells My Heart because it's the single that we put out um, just before we released the record it swells my heart and I see the slips Pierces through And your face is looking to me To ask the question The limerent can't answer Cause you see one, two We also uh, made a film clip for it too Yeah, you um, did so and, Yeah, and I watched it I and don't know if you Yeah, I've, I've watched it And what's really cool is that Didn't you do the whole thing in one take? Yes Yeah, we did <laughs> Yeah, we filmed and, and um, yeah, did the whole thing in one take, um, which was really fun. Um, but, yeah, the song, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, I'm always feeling, I'm always a little bit like, mm, I don't really know how much to kind of say about what inspired this song. Um, and I feel like, I feel really scared because there's like a big long amount of time that I'm allowed to take to, to talk about it. Um, but, yeah, I had this, really interesting experience where I met this guy and like I just thought he was really amazing and like someone that I was just like oh my gosh I could like totally fall in love with you you're you know just he kind of just blew my mind but it was while I was traveling and I was just like nothing is happening here um and we like we stayed in touch and it was kind of one of those like people who I met that like the moment I met him just is really clear in my memory like all these vivid memories it felt like a movie like the kind of rush of feelings that I had were like so intense and then we stayed in touch for you know we're still in touch now um but yeah we were messaging like text messaging with each other um for quite a while um and it just kind of became this moment in the text conversation where he kind of revealed to me that he had felt the same way when we met as what I did. And it was just, it just kind of like blew my mind in this way where I was just like, I don't, you know, how could this even be possible? Um, and, you know, uh, there are all these reasons why um, we couldn't be together and it was on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so I was just in my little small town in Tasmania just getting this message and I was just like, oh my God. Um, and I just felt such a like rush of kind of emotions and dopamine and all of these like feelings and like, it just felt so out of control that, yeah, so that's basically what inspired <laughs> writing the song. <laughs> and I know that it's like, that just sounds, yeah, it must sound a bit, funny or something like it just it was inspired by a text message um, interaction basically yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know it's just it's about how um, I guess it's celebrating like how we can have an experience in life like it could be with someone that we mm-hmm. fall in love with or you know you have a fling with um, and it, it kind of creates this like overpowering feeling within your body and you mm-hmm. can kind of do things like despite being a super reasonable person or sensible, like you can kind of do things that are completely out of character or really um, bizarre and out of control. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, that, that was the inspiration for the song, yeah. despite it being like super calm and, you know, pretty chill, chill <laughs> vibe of the song. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like you don't necessarily know what you're capable of like until a situation like that comes about really yeah like yeah it's just it's such a human quality and it's not something that you can predict and I guess mm. that's what sums up the beauty of this song and the album as a whole as to the unpredictability of human nature and mm. you know and it kind yeah. of feeds into the name of the entire album and of the track on the album some things can't be undone um, because I feel like like those moments of passion that come, you know, from being angry or scared or mm. or or feeling good about something, yeah, they they come from that that deep passion. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, you just have to feel your feelings. You can't ignore them. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, sometimes, you know, you lash out at someone or you get lashed out at and it creates like a hurt that that you like, oh, I can never undo that thing. Mm. And, you know, oh, that person's never going to forgive me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's like, that it's just really profound to me that, that you know, that, that there are some things that can't ever be undone and the only thing you can do is, the only thing you can do is just recognize that and, you know, move on from that point. Like, mm. just truly acknowledge that and move on from that point. And just, you know, the only thing that you can do is change your um, your feelings around it. So, for example, like, yeah, you might do something where you've lashed out at someone or done something and it really hurt someone else and they're never going to forgive you. So the only thing you can do is, like, forgive yourself mm. and move on. Mm. Um and like with other people when they, you know, do something to you, um, yeah, like you can hold, people can hold on to it for years and years and years and, and it stops them from moving forward. Um, yeah, so it's just, you know, humans are pretty imperfect and our relationships are not perfect and I think it's just like a celebration and recognition of that. Yeah, and so the film clips, we, you know, you might have, watched the film clip and just thought, now where did this come from? Like, it <laughs> seems quite an interesting interpretation. Um, yeah, and for listeners out there that haven't seen it, the film clip is me sitting, you know, I'm looking quite regal, very Renaissance-inspired, and there's, like, an interaction between me and um, a dancer um, that kind of plays this snake-like character. Um, and, yeah, the... Um, all the iconography and the paintings of the Renaissance era, they actually, like, celebrated these moments that, that were these kind of some things can't be undone, intense passion, um, lead to destruction moments, like um, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, they picked the apple and then it was all downhill from there. And that artwork is, like, really present in the Renaissance era. Mm-hmm. And then um, you've got, like... Um, you know, the Jeff Buckley song that talks about the beauty that overthrew her in the moonlight, and that's like King David. It's this story where he was the king of kings and he, he saw the um, wife of his chief army officer, like, bathing in the moonlight, and he fell in love with her, and um, they had this affair, and um, he got her pregnant, and, um, you know, it was a complete disaster, so... He um, tried to get the, you know, his chief army officer to come back from the battlefield so he could spend the night with his wife. So there was no controversy around the fact that she was pregnant. Um, and he was such a loyal soldier, this man, that he didn't want to leave his troops out on the, the battlefield and be at home, like, sleeping with his wife. So he, he stayed he publicly, like, stayed on the doorstep of his house to show to everybody that he wasn't, you know, abandoning his fellow soldiers. And King David was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, he's too good a man. So um, to avoid, you know, revealing that he'd had this affair, he sent his best man off to a, like, unwinnable battle, basically, to his death. Um, So it was just like this extreme kind of series of events. And, yeah, that's often um, talked about. And so, yeah, when you do look into that kind of, era of art that just kind of shows these super epic moments that are just fueled by passion mm-hmm. um, and so yeah with the film clips uh, we kind of took inspiration from a lot of the, the, iconography, the iconography of that era and like the you know the paintings and the way that mm-hmm. people were displayed and the relationship between people and the painting mm-hmm. so there's definitely like a lot going on in the clips um, but it's got a familiarity to it, I think, because people um, are really used to seeing these types of characters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's like it's really awesome how you can use, like, you know, historical imagery and, you know, historical events to, to bring to light just an essential human quality and something yeah. that everyone can relate to no matter, you know, what era they live in. Yeah. Well, I think that love is definitely that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. what era you live in. Yeah. Everybody... Especially- like you know, in the re- experiences, the of it. Yeah. yeah, especially like in the Renaissance as well. Like so many of those paintings, like 
it was just all the like rich people who would get um artists to paint them and make portraits of them and they would all like a big thing was like they would sit down and like they would be painted with all of their like expensive things around them (laughs) because it was like a like a way I guess to show their wealth and um I guess yeah that's like a the renaissance is a really interesting period like you were saying of that like extremity of like passion and emotions and people were like very fueled by um by yeah they're like very driven by their feelings and stuff because they could get away with it it's not like now Mm. where if you like get mad and you post something on social media everyone sees it (laughs) or like yeah you know like if someone upsets you or like everything is in a very public forum now I think yeah I guess there's like also by just being aware of so many situations I guess like you're more um, aware of like consequences of certain things I guess that you could do or like if you have a problem you can google it yeah <laughs> and, and like get advice on how to deal with it as opposed to just like lashing out mm. well not necessarily lashing out but like acting quickly on your emotions I guess yeah that's true um, but then we have music so that's why music is and here. music is healing which is um, great yeah it's interesting though like when you think about it because I feel like, I don't know, there was certain levels of repression back in that time. And oh, when you yeah. look at some of this artwork, it kind of, it's kind of made to look like it's warning against, you know, doing these really unsensible things that the Bible of the time, you know, which was very much the world, everyone's world, said that you shouldn't be doing. Mm. Um, but then on the other hand, there's like another layer where they're actually celebrating the moments as well mm-hmm. um, and I feel like I don't know now there's definitely a lot you know you can have a there, you can you know post really instantly to social media about how yeah. you're feeling and there might be consequences to that but there's also like um, particularly for women like we are you know can express ourselves a lot more freely um, back uh, like today as to what they could back then so yeah it's interesting to think about the difference mm. yeah, yeah I guess definitely I guess if you look at it in the in the perspective of women like we definitely I do think that the renaissance was quite um male driven yeah <laughs> um it's improving now and I guess even if you just look at like the way I mean this is a huge debate I did art at school so I really enjoyed um like art theory but you know just the way that women were like depicted in um, traditional art versus how men were. I think that says a lot about, like, that culture at the time as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. And we definitely played around with that in the film clip. Like, you know, it opens with me, but then when the camera comes back and you reveal Gabe, which is, like, the man in the clip, like, his head is underneath my hand Mm. and I'm, like, holding him down. So Mm. that was definitely, like, a bit of a play on the... Mm. the power relationship yeah. and when we discussed it beforehand we were like I have all the power mm. in the clip and he's just kind of this like you know this entity um, but there's also another layer there where you know he's potentially like the wrestle that I'm having with my own heart and he's yeah. like the, the kind of physical yeah. manifestation of that um, mm. yeah so we wanted it to be um, portrayed like I had the power and I have control of things for sure mm. yeah That's for sure and I guess it's kind of like also in another way like taking history and like turning it on it turning it on its head and like changing yeah completely changing the meaning which I think is really cool. Um, also, like, quite empowering as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's the, the, the thing about clips, like, music clips and, and videos, mm-hmm. is that you can really take different, like, very liberal interpretations mm-hmm. of, of things. and Yeah. Especially oh, with exactly. the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was super fun to shoot in one shot. We we only had a couple of rehearsals beforehand. So we had, like, a rehearsal on the Wednesday night, and then we did a rehearsal with the camera and kind of tweaked things on the Thursday night. And then on... The Friday night we shot the, the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, it's always been an ambition of mine to kind of film um, a clip in one single take just because I feel like they're so interesting to watch and they kind of really hold your focus. Um, but it's also like a hard thing to do and it really forces you to kind of think through an idea from start to finish before you even, you know, turn the camera on. 
can edit things. You can kind of change your mind later. You can, yeah. don't have to make your mind up at the start how it's going to end. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that was that was really fun, and it's definitely like an art form I want to keep pursuing. Yeah, yeah, music videos are so fun. They yeah. just add so much yeah, meaning. I, yeah, I, they're definitely one of my favourite art mm. forms for sure. Cool, cool. So I guess like we'll sort of round off this podcast because we're coming, I guess, to the end of it. Um, and it's been great talking to you. Yes. And um, I guess for our listeners, like, what's next for you? You know, you've just released this album. Um, where can our listeners find you? Um, I believe you're also going on a tour. Yeah, I you're touring guess? in August and yeah, September. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah that's I guess right. It... Um, so, yeah, they can just find me all over the internet. So just put in Emma Anglesey, A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Um, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> um, well, it's not really me. It's more like an apparition of me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then I, I'm um, touring the record. Um, I'm playing the show in Melbourne at Long Play on August 11th. Uh, and then I'll be um, in Sydney um, at the start of September. Uh, and then uh, playing in Canberra, um, Montes and Hobart, um, and some towns in between. Um, I'm going to release my full um, tour dates over the next couple of days. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to find the show near you um, via Facebook on my website or Instagram. Um, and I believe you can even put posters up on um, Spotify now. So I think oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. up there too. <laughs> Thank you for talking to us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And um, good luck with everything that's coming up. It's so exciting, just fresh off your, your release. And I guess everything, hopefully everything is even more further up from here. Exactly. Yeah. Nowhere to go it up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm so excited to, I guess, give these songs to the world. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, every day I'm just really amazed by, you know, how people are responding to mm. it. So, yeah, it's awesome. a very exciting time. listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.